Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, John Shookman, and I'm so thankful to have you with me for today's episode. A huge thank you to Alan Dubon and Black Label CXO for sponsoring today's podcast episode. Alan and the team at Black Label CXO do an amazing job of helping businesses all over the world achieve their dreams of having a more organized and more successful business. From creating websites to helping you with your social media to CRMs, Alan and his team have so many different amazing ideas to help you become a more successful realtor. I'm very thankful for them and how they've been a part of helping my business grow and very thankful for their support and sponsorship of this episode. So let's get into today's podcast episode. I am so thankful to have my friend and mentor Vincent Puglisi with us today. You've heard his name thousands of times, so you know that he leads the amazing Total Life Freedom community and mastermind groups. And here in March on the podcast, we are talking, you know, I've shared my story from beginning to, you know, now into my real estate career, going all the way back. And so there were three important interviews that I brought to you this month. I talked to you about the power of a mentor, where I interviewed Tony Snyder. I interviewed my friend Rhonda, where we talked about the power of community. And then I was thinking, you know, what's a great other conversation to have? And I thought about the power of hard conversations and the power of accountability. And it brought me all the way back to a very, very hard conversation with Vincent that changed my life. And so I'll kind of let him share his side of the story. But the basics of it was I went to the Total Life Freedom Retreat in September, what, a year and a half ago, showed up, hadn't really been involved in the group, and then had a ton to say on the first day. And so Vincent basically pulled me aside the next morning and said, shut the F up. (laughs) And and the F was not fantastic. And so that changed my life. And I've shared that with you guys and like that. But I wanted, you know, to just kind of jump into a conversation with Vincent about this and from his perspective and, you know, protecting the integrity group, so many different things. So, Vincent, thanks for coming on. Welcome to the show again. Well, I was mean, but I wasn't that mean. I, there, there's there's more context to this. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Right. And and that's what I think is important because I think it's very easy to say, oh, it's it's easy to have hard, hard conversations if you don't really care about the other person's feelings. Right. Yeah. And you could just tell them what you feel. And there's some of that in me for sure. But there's a nuance to it where that conversation, it was 24 hours in the making. Right. That's right. And so. For anybody that doesn't know, these retreats are 20 to 25 people, right? And it comes from an online community that we run. So most people know each other. Some people don't. You know, some people are at the retreats, but they're not on the calls or in the the Facebook group as much. So there's some new faces that show up. And I'd known you for years, right? I'd known you through business of photography and even before that. So I think I knew you better than just about everybody else there knew you. Would that be accurate? Yeah, absolutely. And really... It wasn't even 24 hours like and you can get into that. But John hadn't been putting in the energy and the effort. And you can share about that for a year. Yeah. And so it was really born. If if John's putting in this effort for a year and then he shows up at the retreat and has a lot to say. Awesome. Yeah. But there's a difference. And this is the way I do with everything. You've earned trust that way. Right. Yeah. Now, you would earn trust with me personally, but you hadn't earned trust with the group and especially live and live is different. Because, and this is where just experience comes in. You get a lot of people there 
you know, I would say 25% of them don't speak very much are fine not speaking much. I used to worry that they're not getting value and they're like, no, first of all, don't call on me. I don't want to be called on. I want to participate and listen and take it all in, but they're totally fine being in the corner by themselves. And I had to learn that. And then you get the middle ground and then you get a handful of people like you, right? That right. will speak out about anything, yeah. right? And and you'll speak up and you're very outspoken, but you're, it, it's, I find it fun. It's opinionated. That's outspoken. It's for lack of a better term, it could be dominant, right? The problem is, if there's not a moderator, if there's not a facilitator, what can happen is the top three dominant voices will rule the entire event and it will shape the entire event where, you know, now if the top three loudest people are the three leaders and the most respected at that point in the group, that's one thing. It's still too unbalanced for me. I will still stop them and say, stop. And I will cut people off because I'll be like, I know you have a million words to say, but if I let you keep going, you'll have a million more. And these other people need to have their, their voice heard. Not only they need to have it heard, but they don't need to hear the same person over and over again, right? That's my job. My job is to facilitate that. So what happened was I knew you, I knew who you are, but I never worked with you live. And you were literally in the middle of the table. And so you're almost in like the chairman of the board spot, right? And you were dominant. I kind of looked around and I was like, everybody's looking at this guy like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. And it continued to where, you know, and, and you were totally comfortable in that role, which is cool. You know, it's impressive. But I knew leaving there, it's like, well, we can't continue this. So like, I got it. So I thought about that. And I like, I've got to have a conversation with John. And how do you do it? Because, you know, bullets are flying. We're working without a net here. It's not something where I can think on it for days and then come back to you. No, we've got to you got to do surgery quickly because otherwise that might be what people remember from the event. So I pulled you aside. I think you were playing ping pong. We had a ping pong table there. And mm-hmm. I essentially just asked you to, you know, I remember you wearing your penguin shirt. And I, I said, <laughs> Hey, can I talk to you for a second? And I wasn't going to pull you outside because that would seem a little more obvious than I wanted to be. I figured we just have, everybody's having casual conversations. Right. And I said to you, you, you haven't earned the trust to be so outspoken. And I'm not sure there was that many more. There was a few more words than that. Like, you know, other people here have earned that trust. We They've got to get that leadership space. You can get in there, but you need to listen more and talk a whole lot less is, right. is what I remember from that. And I remember the look on your face. And I was like, he's either going to leave right now mad at me. He's going to quit altogether or he's going to take it. And he's going to handle it. And this is the moment of truth for most people, because I can't tell you how many times I've had that type of a conversation with somebody, whether on the phone or even text or in person, and they get offended by it. And I don't worry about that too much because I know I'm not doing it out of a bad spot in my heart. I'm doing it because it's not just about John Chuckman there. It's about the 20 other people that are there, right? So I have to protect that. So if somebody's going to get offended by that, it's probably not going to be the person that I'm going to run with for the next five years. Because if I can't be generous with my honesty, and if you can't do the same for me, we're going to have a lot of surface-based relationships and conversations that are kind of empty and can't go very far, and we're not going to go deep. And I need to be around people that are willing to be challenged, willing to challenge me, but are looking for growth. So I've already established that if somebody takes offense to something like that, they're not going to last in my circle. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, it's so funny looking back on that because I even remember showing up to the next retreat 
And I think, I mean, we had that day where it was just a few of us, you know, before it really started, but I was quiet for a little bit. And at one point you're like, John, what do you think? <laughs> mm-hmm. And even now, right. I am more vocal on our Tuesday calls, but it comes back to I'm helpful. I'm I've earned that. And sometimes you'll even, I think still like we still have hard conversations. A couple of weeks ago, you called me and you, and you messaged, can I talk to you? And I was downstairs with my wife and she said, I said, Vincent wants to talk. And she says about what? And I said, well, I did this on the call. And I think he, you know, I snapped at somebody basically, mm-hmm. but I think that's the power of hard conversations. And I'm even thinking about this now, hard conversations aren't you have it once and then it's done. that's the power of relationships, right? Even there's times where like, even though you're the the leader and this is what I think I respect, like, you know, you're saying, you know, be generous with your honesty and willing to be challenged. One of the things I appreciate is like, I can say to you, hey, I don't appreciate that or I didn't like that. And you're like, okay. And if it applies, you'll own it. And otherwise Mm -hmm. you'll say like, well, I disagree and this is why. And that's, that's fair. But I think another part of this is, if you didn't say something right mm-hmm. and here's right this comes back to accountability and tlf is a great community of a hundred of the most generous entrepreneurs i've ever been around and we many of us say that but another piece of this is if you had done nothing you aren't protecting the integrity of the group you have a no. close-knit group a lot of accountability and growth what would have happened and i think this is a lesson for realtors because so many times with especially how busy the market is So many of us are like, no, we don't want to say this. We don't want to offend someone. We don't want to be honest when really, no, the best thing you can do is have hard conversations with your clients, hard conversations with your manager. I'm I'm overworked and I'm not whatever it is, but you also had to protect the integrity of the group. Without a doubt, that's the number one thing, because what's going to happen is people will eventually leave disappointed because they're like, I don't really fit anymore because the loud people take over and everybody else doesn't get a voice. Right. And I learned this early on. Like I, you know, I learned a lot from even being a sports fan as a kid. Like I paid attention to beyond the sports, becoming a sports photographer. I got to see the whole behind the scenes world, right? You get to see how the greatest athletes in the world collaborate and connect and respond. And it's like I said, it's when the bullets are flying. It's when it matters. And I remember Bill Parcells used to coach the, the giants. He talked about this. He goes, you are tough early and you can soften up later. But if you're soft early and you toughen up later, nobody respects you. But if you're tough early and then you kind of joke around more, they everybody has that respect. They have the looseness, but they also know if I cross the line and I damage the boundaries of this relationship, I'm going to be called out on it. But when you're soft early and you try to people please and you don't want to offend people, when you do get tough, people are like, what happened to you? You used to be nice. Now you're a jerk. Right. And you've, you've already lost the room. You've already lost the game. I'd much rather be tough early and be straight and to the point mm-hmm. and know where we're at and know where we're going to be than be soft early, which I think more people do because they just don't want to get into an argument. They don't want confrontation. I don't mind confrontation. I don't know why that is. I think it's led to probably problems much earlier in life because I didn't know how to handle it. I, did, I, I would search for confrontation without knowing how to be, you know, in a, in a good relationship about it. But when you learn, when people know he's tough, but he's fair, right? Yeah. I think that's the whole thing. Yeah. Are you, if you're tough, you better be fair about it. I just think there needs to be more of this. And now post COVID, when people's connection and communication skills are just awful, it's worse now than ever I've ever seen it. 
whether it's in person or whatever, people have just lost the ability to read the room. I think it's more important than ever to be able to do that, but not do it in a jerky way. It's a, it's a fine line. It really is. And I love what you kind of said at the beginning about like, you know, there were three options. One, you were going to, I think you at one point it was, I don't know if it was today, but at one point you were like, John, I thought you were going to punch me in the face. <laughs> I did. Like, I, I, yeah. I, was I thought, I thought gonna, that was a possibility. I've never punched anyone. So you were, well, you, I didn't know that. <laughs> There's three options there, but imagine like if you had said nothing, right? I would have dominated day two and people mm-hmm. would have left like, oh, geez, I it's very funny now because as I look around TLF and so many of these people are like some of my best friends, they hated me at that retreat, mm-hmm. especially yep. day one. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about people in our mastermind on Tuesday morning. Some of them were like, oh, my gosh, that guy. And so it's hilarious now that we're friends. Now, part of that's I've been helpful. I've built relationships. Yes, I have a lot of opinions, but I try to hear you and, you know, just support your business and support what you're doing. But I also think, you know, and you're even as you're talking about like post COVID, nobody wants to be offended. Right. Oh, and and, and it's such a problem. Like imagine I'm, th- I'm even thinking and for my audience, if, if I leave that conversation with Vincent and I didn't. I'm like, oh, well, screw that guy. He's mean. He yelled at me. Well, Mm -hmm. nothing changes. Nothing changes. I stay the same. He doesn't really care. Like, he's like, okay, well, I protected the integrity of my group. You're out. Let's get someone else in who really cares about people and is generous and is going to be is going to participate. But I wouldn't have changed. And so I think like we all have to take hard conversations that hard feedback and say like, you know, and maybe some of it doesn't apply. Like you've told me things sometimes that I'm like, I, I disagree, but I hear you. Mm-hmm. And you've yeah. told me other things that I'm like, you're right. I'm sorry. I'll fix that. Or like whatever I got to do, but we have to be willing to hear those hard conversations or we're never going to grow. Never. And and I'll tell you what would have happened. Cause it has happened. Say you would have gotten offended by it mid event, right? Two day event. And you leave, I'm taking my bag and I'm going home and you leave screw that guy. I'm out. You would have drove back home and I would have immediately said when the next day started or oh, that day, I would be like, John quit. I told John, you were all here yesterday. I said, Hey, we can't have this. I've got to protect the integrity of the event and the group. So it's my job to do that. John didn't like it. John left. And I would throw my hands up in the air. I said, love to have him around. It's not working out. And everybody would at that point been like, good. He was annoying. Right. I'm glad he's gone. Right. <laughs> and that would that would be the impression that you would have left with. And that would have continued and you would have been mad at me. And I think probably about a year and a half later, you would have probably sent me a message being like, you know what? You know, I've heard this from eight or nine other people. And, and I think you were right. I think you were right. And I've had to deal with it. I had a, a situation with TLF where I had to kick somebody out and for doing less than enough integrity. And a year later, this person came back to me because they ran his own group and said, I started dealing with all the stuff that you were dealing with with me. And I realized how wrong I was a year later. I said, okay, that's cool. I appreciate it. You know, we can't put that back in the bottle, but I know that if you do it with integrity and you do it with heart and you do it tough for the right reasons, the people that are going to get offended are going to get offended, but you've got to be able to know who your, who your people are and who you're trying to protect and who you're trying to almost repel. And I want to repel people that don't want to take accountability and kind of want to get offended. The whole, the whole getting offended thing, the whole never judge anybody thing. That is like the new buzzword now, I guess in 2020, like don't judge. And I laugh. I'm like, 
telling somebody not to judge every time I see it is judging. It's the most hypocritical thing in the world. And it's become this buzzword that everybody just blindly follows. There's judgment all the time. Depends on how you do it. But if you say, oh, that's judgmental of them to do that, or, or that's judgmental of you to say that. And I just say, aren't you being judgmental by doing that? But you say we can't judge. That's a word that people are just blindly throwing. Around. Now, you don't want to be a judgmental jerk, but I make judgments on everything. I make judgments on food that I'm going to buy. I, I make judgments on the way that I'm spoken to. I get to decide what I'm going to go. But the fact that judgment is this awful thing that, that nobody should ever do, I think it's I think it's actually making us such a self-involved, mm-hmm. selfish community and society that can't take any type of feedback anymore. I, I, it feels that way to me. And I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah. What? Well, and I think knowing, you know, what you just said, I know who I want to attract. I know who I want to repel. As realtors, we struggle with that so much because so, right? We've talked about it, the numbers of how many of them struggle in the business. Yep. So you're just sort of like at the beginning, I want any client that'll even talk to me to work yep. with me. And then you realize, well, wait a second, they're not respecting me. They're not respecting my boundaries. And I need to have hard conversations with them. I don't know how. And I think, I mean, like, where did that come from for you? Like having hard conversations? Cause realtors definitely struggle to even like know how to say things like that. I, I, it's a great question. I, I probably need to go deeper, but the one thing that I always remember is my dad. It was a moment in time. I was 32 years old and I was struggling as a photographer. You know, I, I wasn't a realtor, but I was a photographer to newspaper and having a baby. And I had just won the biggest award in the world in my field. And I got a 3% raise. And I called my dad just frustrated because I, can I go work for him? Cause I have a baby coming, got to pay for diapers, not making enough money. And he said, he could have said a million different things. He could have said, your boss is a jerk. You're right. Or he could have said, well, that's just the way life is. You know, you got to put in your dues. You got to pay your, got to pay your dues. Or he could have said, quit the job, whatever. He could have said a whole lot of different things. And he didn't say any of those things. He said, I've been trying to tell you this. You haven't listened. You have a skill, but you're not using it correctly. He said, you can go do whatever you want. You can go shoot for magazines, newspapers, weddings, corporate, you can set your price, you can set your time, you can do that, and you're settling for full-time pay and benefits. He goes, you have a, you have a skill you're not using it correctly. My goodness, can you, that was tough, right? My dad was, my dad was direct with me. He was tough, but he was caring. He did it because he cared, but he saw this. We see these issues in, in one another, and we're getting to a point in our society where we're not allowed to say them to each other, and that's really dangerous. So he said that to me, and, and literally that line is the dedication of my upcoming book, because that gave me the permission to do that for others, because it quite literally changed my life. I had from born to 32 in that moment, and then I had from 32 and beyond, and mostly everybody in my life that knows me now knows me from that moment of 32 and beyond. The ones from zero to 32, it was a different person. And I, I go directly to that conversation. So if I could do that for somebody else, right. If I can change somebody's life that way, piss off a few people along the way while doing it, that's fine. But if I can change lives the way my dad did to me, that's, that's important to me. And the thing is you might take off some of those people along the way. They will later, right. Come back and say, if they're wise, we'll come back and say, you know, you were right. You know, I've seen people that left TLF and and I'm kind of like, and you've done such a great job of protecting the integrity of the group, right? Those hard conversations protect the integrity that when someone comes to me and they're like, oh, I'm not in the group anymore, blah, blah, blah. I don't listen to them 
I trust you because I've seen how you interact, how you have hard conversations, but you're not just like, oh yeah, I don't like you get out. You tell people the hard things that they need to hear and don't want to hear. And they have two, they have two choices. One, you do something about it. Two, you say, no, that guy's a jerk. And you continue doing right that day. And, and this isn't tooting my horn. Like my life completely changed that day. I came home. I started listening to podcasts, right? That whole four hour drive. I had never listened to a podcast that wasn't sports in my life. Listen to yours, (laughs) Kent Sanders, Ken Carfagno's like all these people that I met at the retreat. And then all of a sudden was into podcasting and okay, how do I help realtors? And that's how this was born. But you know, you have to take feedback. Another part of this is just taking feedback and actually being willing to listen and hear the hard things. And I think it even goes beyond as you grow with it. It's not just taking feedback. It's actually looking for it. I actively look Mm -hmm. for it. Like I've sent my book out to hundreds of people for pre-readers for my book. And I literally want, I don't want you to be like, oh, just kiss my butt and tell me. I want this, this book is something that I want to keep improving on right? You, you don't write a book one time and then be so arrogant that that's it. There are going to be things that people say that just didn't hit for me. Or, you know, remember that story over here that could, all right, let's revise it. Like this is, you know, John Rulin said, if you spend that much time on a book, it's like your Bible. It's your personal, like it's your book. Why would you not give it everything you've got? So I want it. I want, you know, I've got to be tough enough to take it. And if, and I think it's not just accepting it, which sounds almost like, uh, it's no, I, I literally want your feedback. I want to know, you know, I have a joke. Like if somebody offers you a breath mint, take it. There's a meaning behind it, right? They don't just do it. So if, if you don't want to say like, oh crap, that offends me. No, well, if your breath stinks and they offer you a breath mint kindly, take it. Don't question it. So I, I try to take that. Like, well, I want that. I want that feedback in my life so I can improve. And so I cannot be offended. And I also think that it's not about expectations. I don't, I try not to have the expectations but I want to have standards. It's a big difference. Expectations. I expect you to do something. Standards is basically what we go by here. And if you're outside the standards, we have a problem. I don't expect it. You don't have to do whatever you want to do. You just can't be here to do it. Yeah. So wait a second, you know, Dylan, your, your youngest son at every oh. single retreat hands out breath mints. So are you trying to tell all of us something? Maybe he's got a hidden meaning behind that. I don't know. I, I, it's so funny you put that together. Cause I didn't even think about that till you said that. Like, <laughs> I know where he's going with this. He's handing out breath mints. That's never a bad thing, right? No, for sure. So Especially when anybody's drinking coffee, right? Coffee does something to you. That's right. I love the look for feedback. I think, and, and you know that I do a great job, you know, in my business, a hundred percent of my clients have left reviews And that's great when they're happy, but I think it's even a reminder to me and realtors out there, hey, okay, don't, this isn't just a review after they sell the house. Are you asking for feedback during the whole transaction? Hey, how are things? Like I work with a lender. Yeah. So Chris, who just joined TLF, he does Mm -hmm. a great job. There's been times where like his team didn't do something. I've said, you need to handle this. And he's done a great job of like asking with I'll say like, hey, some clients are upset. I won't give them specifics. And he'll just say, hey, how's the process going? Anything we could improve? And I think that's almost a lesson for all of us. Like totally. it's hard because, OK, are there things I can be doing differently? Are there things I can be improving to your clients or, you know, in TLF, the people in the group? You have to be open to that feedback. If they tell you something, you can't be like, well, no, I, I'm doing a great job as your realtor. Well, no, well, you hear not. that a lot, though. You do hear that a lot. It's like, nope, I'm doing fine. I can't improve anything. What can you do better? Nothing. Everything I'm doing is fine. It's somebody else's problem. Well, keep doing what you're doing. You're going to keep getting what you're getting. Like you could want to be right or you could want to be better. 
And I'd rather, and I come from a world of like wanting to be right. Like my, my grandmother said, I might not be right, but I'm never wrong. And I hated it. I, I hated it because our family would joke about that, but it was this almost like I'll never apologize. Even when I'm wrong, I'll never apologize. And I think when there's a culture of that, it's not good. So I've had to fight like being right because I have this tendency to want to be right, right? It's just, it's just part of my DNA. But I've learned is I would rather want to be better than want to be right. So you have to be able to let go of the whole no, I'm doing it fine. Like, no, please, it, as much as it hurts, please tell me because you know, the, the, if the goal is to get better, the feedback won't hurt. If the goal is to be right, the feedback's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, nah, and see if you. Nah, <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. I'd rather be right or better. Yeah, that's that's really good. You wanna, and that's you wanna how be we right? grow in a- You, you want to be right or you want to be better? And and if you if you want to be right, beautiful. Just but Just understand the limitations of that. But if you want to be better, you got to look for the feedback because here's the deal. Most people won't give you the feedback because they're afraid of the response. They're like, oh, everything's great. You ever, you ever get something like, oh, it's fine. You know, it wasn't fine. And then they kind of snicker behind your back. It's like, do you really want that? Do you want them to tell you it's good to your face, but snicker to other people behind your back? That actually probably seems a lot worse than hearing the truth. Well, when it goes back to right, the power of hard conversations, like they were probably dozens of people that needed to tell me what you said to me, but never were willing to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's doing a disservice to the people around you. Your job as the guys, we joke in on the masterminds that Vincent's our uh, TLF pastor. Uh, your job as the leader of the group is, <laughs> hey, I'm going to protect the integrity. I have to say these hard things. And a lot of us probably need to hear it, but other people aren't good at having hard conversations and aren't good at saying the things that need to be said. No, and I think I honestly think it's a disservice to everybody. I think it's a disservice to you for not saying it. I think it's a disservice to the people for not hearing it. And I think it's a disservice to the entire group for not being able to have the conversation. It doesn't help anybody unless you're going to do it in a mean way that's going to intentionally try to hurt feelings, right? right? If you're trying to hurt somebody, that's not what we're talking about at all. We're talking about, I care about you. I care about you. And I see a problem here that you don't see. How many of us can do such a good job of seeing somebody else's problems, but can't see it for ourselves or do a good job of solving somebody else's problems, but then we're stuck in the mud ourselves. We need somebody else to see it. And I think that part of society has gone more downhill than, than I could ever believed even 20 years ago when I was having more difficult conversations. People weren't as offended. I think that's the whole thing. And people are afraid of offending people. So you just keep their mouth shut. And I don't think it makes us better. And I also think, too, what you're kind of saying, some people, they're not really looking to improve. You know, it's so funny. You know, Val will sometimes be like, I'm not looking for a solution. Just listen. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this balance of like either not wanting to offend or we like give solutions when someone just needs us to hear them. Yep. And, and there's man. It's hard. And you're right. In the post COVID where a lot of this is done over the Internet, it's 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 really hard. And, and, and I think Val's right. I think there's times that we don't want feedback. Right. We're emotionally spent. We're just kind of done. We want we, we want to vent. And I think making that clear is, is listen, I'm venting. You. I, I love you. You love me. I need you to just hear me out here. And I don't really want it. Maybe tomorrow after mm-hmm. I vented. But we got to be able to read the room and be like, okay, this is not because, you know, as men often, like, we're going to solve the problem. Like, That's they, don't, they, don't want, they don't want you to solve the problem. And I get that. And I struggle with that as well. But I've understood there's sometimes it's just like, just nod and listen. 
and be there as a support because it can get really irritating to be around somebody that's always trying to solve problems. Just listen sometimes. So just a matter of understanding the situation, being aware, reading the room is such an important soft skill, which I think is a hard skill for us to mostly all of us to get better at. Absolutely, ma'am. Well, I appreciate your time so much. Thank you. Appreciate that hard conversation. I still laugh about it because I wanted to cry that day. <laughs> I think I hid <laughs> in the corner for a few minutes. Um, no, you did good. Tell us what you're working on. I know you mentioned the book that's coming out. Tell everybody about it. Yeah, it's called The Wealth of Connection. It is right in line with a lot of this, what goes on so often. Connection is a huge part for us. We all know it's a big part of life, but we hear all the time about people that are wealth of knowledge, right? We go to school for knowledge and we go to school for information and we praise those people, but we don't praise the people that are wealth of connection, the people that bring people together, the people that can read the room, the people that can have these conversations and thrive from it and then build a following around it or build a network around it to thrive. Most people create something and then they try to sell it and nobody cares. And this kind of goes the backwards route of building out your character, building out your curiosity, then building your connection, collaborating from that. And then when you go to create something, whatever it is, a podcast, business, whatever, you have an entire network around you that trusts you to help you build it. It, I, I believe so often we've been taught to do it backwards. This book is the opposite of that. And so, okay, so book's coming out and we're here at the end of March. When does the book come out? Yeah, May 2nd is launch date for the book, which is pretty wild how quick it's coming. So if anybody wanted to check that out, or if even I love connection. So any, you know, connect with me personally, Vincent at totallifefreedom.com is my email. I'm always open for new and great conversations. If you guys want some tough feedback, you can message Vincent. He might tell you you need to shut up like he told me. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you so much, man. Thanks for your time today. You got it, buddy. Thank you. See ya. Thank you so much to Vincent. Wow. I'm so thankful for you, man. I, I mean, I know you guys hear his name because I talk about him all the time, but I felt like this was such a helpful conversation for us to have to talk about the power of hard conversations and how important they are. They really, really are. You know, even after we recorded the interview, we were talking about a few people we both know that like need to have conversations either at their jobs about compensation or just different stuff going on where they need to have these hard conversations with people. Be honest. I'm so thankful for him and the honesty he shared. Again, I I joke with him because sometimes he gets on my nerves, but I think, you know, that's what happens when you're in relationships where you care about people. Those can be frustrating. Those can be hard, but I'm so thankful for him. I had a bunch of highlights from this episode, but just kind of briefly, I think the earning trust that he shared at the beginning is so huge, right? And that's the moment of truth, right? I didn't earn trust in TLF yet. And so now I've earned trust. I've earned kind of the right to say things and give feedback and have an opinion, but you have to earn that first. I thought it was so interesting how he said, like, he wants to be more generous with honesty. Man, how great would that be? We all need to have better conversations. We all need to be willing to have hard conversations let's be generous with that honesty. Now, don't be a jerk, right? That's There's a balance there. But be generous with that. Be willing to challenge others. Be willing to be challenged too, right? Like when you challenge others, you open yourself up to be challenged as well. So I'm very thankful that he shared that idea here on the episode. I love the Bill Parcells quote where he was talking about being tough early and then soft later. Man, if we did a better job of that in our businesses, we would have so much more success. Be honest. Now, again, don't be a jerk, 
but have those hard conversations with your client. Man, for all of you agents out there right now with what buyers are going through, we have to be willing to have hard conversations with them. Hey, no, this is not going to get the offer done. No, you're not going to be able to have all these contingencies if you want the offer to go through. We have to be willing to share the hard news and have those hard conversations if we really care about our clients and want the best for them. I love how Vincent shared how he, you know, not only takes feedback, but looks for feedback. That is so countercultural. So many times we don't want to hear people's opinion. And so we have to, again, having hard conversations means being open and looking for feedback. And so that was a huge point that really stuck out with me that I'm definitely going to work hard to apply more in my business for sure. As we get to the end here, you know, one of the final pieces I really took away was just being tough, but being caring, right? You're not just a jerk. You do say the hard things, but it's out of a heart of caring for people. And, you know, I love the quote, do I want to be right or do I want to be better? And if the person is saying, I care about you, I want to help you. Well, you know, we have to be willing to accept that feedback and we have to decide, do I just want to be right? (laughs) Sometimes I feel like it if I'm honest that like, no, just tell me I'm right. But that's not really the solution either because we never get better. So I want to be better I don't want to be right. I would rather be better. So thank you, Vincent. Really appreciate your time. And thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I hope it was helpful for you. And I definitely enjoyed getting into this conversation with Vincent about, you know, the power of those hard conversations and accountability. And so thanks, Vincent, for your time. And thank you all for listening to this episode. I will see you guys very soon. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much, and we will see you on the next episode.